Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Chasing the Whimsy. I am Ben. No Liam today. Uh, what was it? Fall break? So he has to go to school uh, tomorrow, Monday. He didn't want to get up early, so he's like, I'm just going to take the day off. Relax, recoup from my, my, my vacation. So I'm like, alright. So today will be kind of a, it's a solo episode, but... I got the grandmas here, so I'll be talking at them a little bit. So this is going to be some good practice for me because I I started testing like some live stream stuff yesterday. So I'm going to try and live stream something tonight um, or tomorrow, Monday. So I'll put out a, a tweet so you guys can come watch me live stream. And then I'll take the live stream and I'll put it on YouTube uh, probably the same day. So I'll tweet out both of those for you guys. Liam is supposed to be live streaming but I don't know what he's doing with that here but I don't know I guess we can email me I can ask him you'll have now he should have a update next week so Liam we miss you but because you're not here <laughs> I wrote some notes for today's episode uh structured a little bit around like a nice conversation so I'm like oh man it's some current event type stuff and I'm like, oh, I can't, because I can't save it for next week. So I'm like, I guess I can just go over it with all of you listeners. And then I'm going to be talking to the grandma. So I'll be looking for their nods. Um, some housekeeping. Twitter, Chase the Whimsy. Instagram is Chasing the Whimsy. Website is ChasingTheWhimsy.com. And the email address is whimsy at chasingthewhimsy.com and then the YouTube you can find us under uh, Chasing the Whimsy so um, whenever you listen to this jump on over to YouTube and take a look at uh, whatever game I post um, in the next day or so and I think um, I'm going to because I'm going to do it as a live stream um, I'll do like a like a 10 minute like lobby wait so uh, I'll post it I'll just let the screen sit, let you guys all log in. We'll start some chats, and then um, you'll I'll go through the gameplay. So the first game I'm thinking of playing is going to be Cube Seasons. It's a game by Rusty Lake. Um, anybody following me on Twitter and Instagram, uh, like two weeks ago, you just saw like 11 posts of just like this weird train station. Um, that was uh, Rusty Lake's Underground Blossom. So they got like 15 games under them. Nine. Roots, Hotel, Paradise. Uh, some room. There's a co-op. So there's like 13 of them. Um, so I think with the live stream, trying to get the, the YouTube channel up a little bit, um, Liam and I wanted to kind of create... Um, like some walkthroughs and some retrospectives on some video games. Um, so I want to post uh, the first one uh, for Rusty Lake Season. It's a weird escape room type game. Some puzzles. It's a little dark. Um, I originally was going to play it with JJ, but Liam thought it was too scary. It's not really scary, but there's like a couple of weird jump scares. So uh, I'll play the first one by myself. And then uh, maybe Liam can... Um, like call in um, on that live stream. I'd ask him to call in today, but 
he's busy. I think he's. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. But uh, we'll get him on there, um, and then we'll get some updates from whenever he starts live streaming his games on YouTube under what is it? Whimsy Gaming Thirty Seven, and that's his Twitch handle too. So. Um, yeah, so pay attention to the, the tweets and the Instagrams because we're going to be posting some of those, some other housekeeping. We still have gnomes for sale, the pumpkin gnomes. I think sold about half of them. So we got, uh, I think we're halfway through the month. So I think I ordered just the perfect amount. Um, so email me, um, $7. Um, email me so we can get those shipped out to you guys for Halloween. We recorded a Halloween episode, um, so now I just have to edit that. So that'll come out on Monday the 30th. Uh, should be pretty fun. That was with me, Liam, and Megan. Officially the longest episode, I think. I think David and Katie went like buck 15. And then Halloween, I think, went like 138-ish. So after I edit it down a little bit should be about like an hour and a half but uh we went deep dives in on just halloween traditions and um horror movies so i liked it i thought it was a lot of fun some good reception from people they liked megan so it would be kind of nice to hear her again uh, so that episode will be coming out i think that's all i got for the housekeeping stuff i got a fun story though uh, so we got a JJ update. So I talked to JJ in the past episodes. You can hear him talking about Yellowstone. So I keep trying to talk to him a little bit. And I'm like, tell me a little bit about what's going on. Like, tell me about your story. And then, like, early on, I'm like, so Yellowstone. I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool. I'm like, what kind of, like, what's his race? I'm like, how big is he? Like, what's his family look like? And he's like, I don't know. And he's just like... And he keeps trying to talk about something else. I'm like, no, no, no. Let's just tell me about the this, this one piece of it. And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, all right. So eventually, um, I started getting to uh, talk a little bit more. And I think that last episode he was on, look, he was really good, um, a little bit more open about what's going on. So he's like, I keep telling him he needs to talk it out. Because every time I ask him, I'm like, what's going on with Yellowstone? I'm brainstorming. I'm like, oh, which is really funny because I did the same thing when I was a kid and it was I'm pacing myself all the time for years. And then so when he's like, I'm brainstorming, I'm like, OK, that means you're not doing anything. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure he's thinking about it a lot. But then it's one of those things like because I used to, to write short stories and stuff. And it's one of those things where it's like if you write or if you if you just think about it, you end up like stuck in one spot and it's like so I'm like JJ I'm like you should probably get it out on paper or something I'm like you gotta get it out into the universe so that way you can, like if you get it on paper then you can move on and then you can always come back to it and everything else so um, he drew a, a map like a white sheet of paper drew some circles a castle labeled it it looks really nice um, I mean for pen and paper, but it, like really creative. He's got rivers, he's got roads, um, a volcano over here and some villages and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. So I took a picture of it 
And then I went online and I talked to a cartographer. I didn't know, like, like that's where we're at now. I, I, have a, I have a cartographer guy now. I can have maps made for whatever. So I emailed this guy. I'm like, hey, guy, um, here is a picture of JJ's world. I said, can you make this look like a, a video game map or a, um, like almost like, like make me a map? I said, here's the, the, the guidelines. I said, keep it as close to this as you can. I trust you take some creative, uh, you know, some creative freedom to take some stuff out or adjust it a little bit if you need to. Because JJ had like 11 like stables like all over the place. I'm like, I don't even know what a stable is because he wasn't quite there yet. So I was like, if you have to take out like five of them, like so be it. Um, so I emailed the guy and he's like, yeah, I can do that. A day and a half later, like no joke. He's like, here you go. And I'm like, oh, that's super cool. So I made a couple of tweaks added a couple of biomes so there's like a desert now there's a ice area and then he sends it back so in two days my cartographer that's 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 who makes math right cartographers cartographer man people are gonna be like you're an idiot no um so after two days sends it to me high def so i'm like all right because i was gonna i was thinking about doing it for his birthday because his birthday is coming up in a couple of weeks I go online, I send it to a uh, printing uh, Kinko's basically. And I'm like, what size is a good size? And I was like, no, I want a nice map. I'm like 20 by 24. Send it in, pick it up the next day. Thing is beautiful. It is colorful. It's big, it's shiny. It's, it's everything that was on that map that he gave me, the black and white one. So Liam and I are talking and I'm like, oh, I can't wait three weeks to give this to him for his birthday. So uh, last week we took it over there. JJ, sit down. What's going on? I'm brainstorming. I said, no, brainstorming is not good. Not good enough anymore. I'm like, you got to get it. Get it out in the universe. You know, when, when people listen to you talk about it or when you start getting it out there, I'm like, the idea is that you want people to get passionate about what it is that you're creating. And I said, when people are passionate about the things that you're passionate about, they will, they'll help you along your way to create this, this overall image that you have. So then, uh, I was like here and I gave him a little digital recorder and he's like, what is it? I'm like, all right, kids don't like to write anything down. So I said, here's how you use it. And I'm pretty basic stuff like an on and off and a play and whatever else here's the instructions figured out so i recorded him a little message and i said get it out in the universe this is what this is step one i said here's what we gotta do we gotta get it out there so we gotta let people know what your universe is so we can start getting excited because you're excited i'm excited let's get others so then i'm like bring your map over here your your black and white one and I'm like, man, this is a pretty cool map. I'm like, do you use this map when you're when you're brainstorming? He's like, yeah. I said, all right. I said, you got a castle over here. You got some mountains over here. I said, I'm like, this is a good map. I'm like, and I pull out the bigger map. I said, maybe this one will help you a little bit more to visualize your world. Speechless, maybe a single tear. I don't know. Um, 
but he was like super excited and he's like he's like can i keep this for a while i'm like this is yours man i'm like happy birthday <laughs> i'm like by the way you're not getting anything for your birthday i'm like you got a recorder you got map i'm like i'm like this is it i'm like this is the most i can do for you i said i'm giving you all the tools to get you started so that way we can get this thing off the ground so i'm like it's on you now so liam and i come home and we're just like we're the best uncle and cousins ever we're like patting each other on the back and we're like yeah and i was like he's like um how many uh like how, how much do you think he's gonna record i'm like oh he's gonna record all the time i'm like he's probably got like 12 hours of writing we just got home so nikki calls me the next day and she's like um i hope you have another copy of that map because uh jj's getting ready to write on it and i was like one it's like i had the extra copy so i don't really care so i'm like if you want but at the same time to take this like this beautiful looking map and then like this the idea he's eight he's just like the idea that he's gonna put it on the table and just start writing on it like I'm like that's ex that's what it is i'm like i mean he went literal like get it on paper <laughs> so like the idea that he's got his uh he's got like whatever castle or building or whatever on the map and he's just writing notes below it like here's the bad guys in this area here's the bad guys in this area and he's like stage one stage two or whatever here's where this guy is born and i'm like so i'm like that's i'm like hey i'm like if he wants to write on it he can write on it. i'm like it, it what i have extra copies if we need to i said we just have to print it out but hey man whatever he has to do to get it out there in the universe i'm fine with um i went over there today picked up the recorder I don't, he's got like 15 recordings and that was like a week ago we can two weeks ago so like an hour a day maybe so i'm gonna go sifting through that and see if there's anything uh on there um i told him mike i'm I don't know if he's, I know Nikki listens. I don't know if he listens, but uh, depending on what's on there, I'm just going to put out a couple, take some clips and just throw it out there for a bonus episode, whatever. Um, but yeah, so, uh, Nikki stopped him from writing on the map, so they framed it real quick. <laughs> um, it's on his wall right now, so I'm like, whew. I'm like, I don't have to spend another $15 getting the thing printed. Um, it was funny because it was like, should I laminate it, not laminate it? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I said, how do you pay for the cartographer? I'm like, ah. I'm like, his birthday's coming up. So I'm like, he can take some birthday money, spend the $9 to get the thing laminated. Maybe Nikki can take it to work and get it laminated. No, like probably an hour in, he's getting ready. He's like Sharpies and like laying it all out. And I'm like, <laughs> Nikki's like, ah. So, uh no, but it was nice that he didn't, uh, he didn't write on that one. I'm like, I saw him today. I'm like, you could have just told me because I could just print off a smaller version of it, like a nice 8 by 11 um, And then um, he had a book fair at school. So he's running around. He's looking for books. He buys a journal. Other grandmothers tell me that he's got this journal. He's just writing in it for days. Like, I go over there today and he's just like, oh, Uncle Ben. I got a journal. I'm like, sweet. He's got tabs hanging off the end. Like every page has something on it. He's got like, he's drawing characters and like bad guys, um, notes of what I'm like, this is like, this is 
I'm like, this is it. This is what I've been asking you to do. Uh, super excited. Uh, we have that rewatch idea still for Gravity Falls. Um, maybe I wasn't supposed to say Gravity Falls. I'm pretty sure on his episode, we weren't going, shh, Nikki, don't let him hear this part. But he's watching Gravity Falls like two times. And then in um, all those episodes, they always end with some kind of cryptogram. So uh, when you watch the episodes, um, or if you get any of the books, sometimes like there's a, like a cipher and then there's like a key and everything. But at the end of the episode, I get there, JJ's like, I'm going to start putting codes in my game. Yeah. And I'm like, let's do it. And I'm like, do you have the key? He's like, I don't know where it's at. <laughs> He's writing all these little messages and he's like, I don't know what it means yet. Uh, but um, it's just super exciting. Um, you guys all listening were there when we talked to him. When we first started was episode like three or f- like four or five. Um, and then he started talking about Yellowstone right after Nikki's birthday. And like every, like from then to now, like leaps and bounds, he's no longer brainstorming. He's just like writer's cramp. He's just writing like a crazy person. So, um, though it's just super cool to kind of see a just like an eight year old, just like passionate and just eager just to get it all out. And I'm like, all right. So, um, Liam's there, just not on the follow through part. Like he's got all the ideas. He's got all the passion. Um, we just gotta, gotta find an easier way for him to get it out there, I guess. So, um, we'll get there. So I think when, uh, once we kind of get this live stream thing figured out, um, and like I said, worst case, uh, you can always call in and we can play a game together. Um, uh, yeah. So I think most of the games I'm going to be playing, um, and then J- uh, Liam will help me out with the, the dad content ones. Some this escape rooms, weird puzzle games, and then we'll go deep dive on um, some longer story games uh, with some really cool stories. We like uh, Liam loves Life is Strange. Funny story about Life is Strange is the twins last year for Christmas would have been 12. So I'm like, Liam, you've been playing the game for years. And I'm like, it's questionable if the game was appropriate for you, but I'm like, but when you were nine or 10, you played it, you still like it. I'm like, is there really anything bad? He's like, just the ending. So I was like, it was funny because when we gave out the presents last year, I gave each of the girls, I'm like, don't let your parents read the back. Don't let them, like, you guys just play it. And I'm sorry about the ending. And then like, it was all weird and cryptic. And I was like, just smiling at them. So I was like, they haven't played it yet. But it's a, it's a very interesting game. And I know it's a game that, like, my mom, will, she'll never play a, a stupid video game. But she would watch it. Me and Liam, some dialogue, seeing the interesting story and kind of, like, where, where gaming has gone from when she used to watch me play years ago to now. Um, so um, we'll put uh, those ones on the main channel. And then, again, um, Liam's, like, competitive, casual, fun, gamey stuff, Fortnite. Um, and some of those other type games will be on his channel. So we will get those up. Um, I'm going to get mine up this week and then Liam will start getting his up um, probably late week, early next week. Um, I think we're just working out some of the kinks on how 
all of it works. So once we get those kinks and we realize how easy it is just to hit record, play, and then upload to YouTube, like it's not that hard. So uh, yeah, should be some really fun stuff. So my notes for today, kind of weird, because it would have been like, it goes back to episode three, the writer's strike. So after 148 days, the writer's strike has ended. They came up with a, uh, a tentative agreement between the writers and the studios. Um, so everybody's going back to work. Um, I think by the time, I think by the time this comes out, it'll be Wednesday when they finalize everything. Um, so everybody was happy with the, the terms. Uh, like most negotiations, nobody gets everything that they want, but um, I pulled some uh, some data. I listened to uh, Fat Man on Batman and Mark Bernardin. Uh, he's a writer, so he kind of talked a little bit about it. So I'm going to be citing him as my my source for some, some deets that I have about the writer strike. Uh, some of the agreements that they came up with are uh, screenwriters. Uh, got a little bump in there. Uh, so here's what they were all fighting for for the last 148 days. Um, screenwriters are going to get uh, a little bit of an increase in their minimums for, write, uh, for writing. Uh, they also get a, uh, a two-step deal. So I guess what happened is like back in the day when you would write a script uh, for a movie or TV and they don't like it, they pay for the one copy and they tell you to fuck off. And then they get somebody else to rewrite basically your your original story uh so there's a two-step process now where i write a, uh, a screenplay they like it or they don't like it i automatically get a second chance to rewrite it and then they also have to pay me for that so now i get paid twice and and the chance to rewrite it so that way it's still mine uh the variety and comedy shows um i think like your snl's your um who else would be a variety show like your talk shows, maybe yeah. your daily shows. Um, oh yeah. The, the Jimmy Kimmel's and those guys, um, they got an increase, um, on their minimums. They also have guaranteed uh, number of weeks. So when they sign you on to be part of the writer's room, you're guaranteed X number of days, uh, of, you know, to, to work TV writers make up the bulk of all the writers that were in the strike. Uh, TV writers got an increase in their minimums, um, health and pension benefits. Um, those all went up a little bit because um, it used to be if you were a writer, you would have to make, we'll call it like 42000 a year before you qualified for health insurance. And where TV is now is one of the parts is, and the reason why a lot of the, they're setting minimums and why they're, they, the increases uh, have come up a little bit is because television, YouTube, Netflix, all your streamers, they only run 10 episode seasons now. So back in the day, you would write for 26 weeks. Like you were able to write for 26 weeks and you had a job. Now you're like, I can't meet a 42,000 a year minimum on 10 episodes. Um, and then so... They also set it up now that writing teams, um, the total, as long as the writing team total meets that minimum, that benchmark goal, that whole team qualifies for the healthcare and pension. Uh, what's else? 
the AI uh, has always been a big thing. The AI protection is AI cannot write the first script. They cannot have a writer come in and, and fix up an AI generated script. Um, if they do, the person that does the rewrite, the rewrite takes full ownership of the script. Um, so AI, you get it out there and they're like, well, it's, it's okay, but we need a little Spielberg pizzazz. Hey, Spielberg, tweak this a little bit. He's like, I'm not going to tweak. I like this thing with my idea. But now he, he fixes it. Now it's his. So he gets the full credit for it versus eventually some AI credit. Um, on the streaming side, uh, there's going to be some more transparency in the viewership numbers. So um, prior to 149 days ago, none of the streamers, Netflix, Amazon, nobody told you how many people are actually watching your show. So part of the, the argument was if I was friends on ABC, NBC, NBC, um, like we saw all those numbers. We're seeing 6 million people a week watching. So when I renegotiate my contract for season four, five, and then seven through 10, because I know how many people are watching, I have a, some negotiating power. Netflix is like, ah, oh, we'll just keep it. Just trust us. Just, we'll figure it out. We're going to give you a little bit more. But then, like, you go online and you see, like, uh, what show was it? Like, uh, Squid Game breaks the internet. And you're like, <laughs> so you're like, so how am I not getting more money for the breaking the internet? So the viewership is going to be a little bit more transparent. There's going to be incentives and bonuses for um, how well these streaming shows perform. A lot of your, like Disney, uh, is pretty good. What's funny is uh, Netflix is interested, is interesting because Netflix likes to report how many hours viewed a show has, but never really, but then when you look at Disney, they're like, this many households or this many people. So some of the, the language is a little bit weird because I think they were like Netflix, uh, Ahsoka, I think Disney was like 14 million people watched it. But then Forbes is like 1.2 million households. So we're like, what is like, why is such a big difference? So I think they're, they're ironing those things out to make sure that it's a little bit more transparent, hopefully create some consistency. Um, there's going to be staffing requirements now. So a lot of your your writers, um, when, you, uh, when you're running a series, minimum, I need f 10 episodes, we need five writers. Each one writes two versus one guy stressing out trying to write all 10 of these things. Writers are now being paid for pre-production work. So they write the script. Now they're going to be in pre-production, so they're getting everything set up. That writer will be available to help rewrite certain things or help kind of with the, the vision of whatever it is that they kind of wrote a little bit. So they'll get paid for that, some of that stuff. Uh, so it's not, it's not the best. I mean, there's some, there's still some things that they want, but they do this every three years. Um, but this was a kind of a really huge step into um, making things a little bit more fair with, uh, with the times. The writer's strike. No. So the writer's strike is over. The actor strike is still going. And I don't know how many days there are. I think they're at 94-ish. I think they're just under 100 days. Uh, Fran Drescher 
is the president of SAG, the Screen Actors Guild. And they're negotiating still. And like, it seems like every other week, Fran Drescher's like, we're out. Like, you guys aren't coming close to anything. I think the things that they're looking for right now, still on the actor side, um, residuals and AI protection, I think are still up there on the, the top two things is because Netflix, like people are watching Netflix for days. Like what are the residuals for those? Like Netflix pays for the show. So they do the actors get paid off the one lump. And then if uh, suits, I think we talked about it with Sandy's everybody in their grandma is watching suits right now. So do none of the, so none of those actors are going to get paid again because a hundred million people are streaming it on Netflix. Who is it? Aaron, Paul, Aaron, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. He mentioned that he's gotten zero dollars from Breaking Bad being on Netflix. Um, all of your Orange is the New Black. All those girls are just complaining. Like we're seeing garbage, garbage returns on some of these shows um, in a quote unquote refund, rerun type uh, medium. So hopefully, uh, you know, they figure something out because those writers like the writers are writing, but now nobody can act. <laughs> If you guys ever looked at some of the numbers, California itself, because of the uh, the two uh, groups striking, we're losing like billion dollars a month. Like they like the California economy just completely shut down. So they're like, we gotta get these actors back to work. There is a fun. I know what the official name of it is. But it's going to be the uh, No Fakes Act. So we got some senators um, jumping on board with the actors. And now they're writing it up and they're going to propose this No Fake Act and try to get it into law, which is basically, uh, what does it say? It's a bill proposed to create new and urgent uh, need to protect voices and likenesses um, because of AI. Um, so what this uh, is basically kind of like a copyright laws. So you, you write a book, you can't just copy someone's book and make it a movie. You got to get that person's rights. So same thing with um, acting and these voice actors where they're like, if you want my voice to be Darth Vader forever, you're going to need to pay me for that and not just put it in my original contract that says. So, yeah, so I. The writers, the the actor strike is moving all the way up to like Capitol Hill, man. They're all working on um, protecting them. And I think it was, I didn't write it out, but this law, this new no fakes law uh, was interesting because it would protect the voice actors and your likeness rights. Um, and then just like um, copyright law would be, it would protect that person 70 years after your death. So if I'm making a movie and I die and they're like, well, we want him in the next movie, you need to contact my mom or my estate to get the okay for you to AI generate me back into the next sequel. Um, so a lot of really fun protections on that. I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, U.S. has like a huge, I think our biggest export things going out or whatever the U.S., the our big like one of our biggest uh, exports 
is entertainment. Movies, music, um, even sports is now, you know, starting to hit um, global. So it's just like, why are we, if we're making, what's what sucks is we're, we, we create, we generate all this money, but the money's just not being distributed evenly to the people who are actually doing the work. Um, I think Kevin Smith um, talked about it when he released Red State. There's a really interesting like 24 minute video when he was at Sundance where he was just like, these studios dump all this money into like advertising. They keep all of like the, like when a movie releases into the theaters, like the studios make like 90% of everything made opening weekend. That's why movies like why like everybody pushes for opening weekend is because that's when the the studios make the most money. So they're like, well, if this movie is going to gross a billion dollars, I want most of that billion in the first week. And that's why they're like, they push so hard for these things. But, you know, so, and then like some actors, you know, they write it in. This is, I get a chunk of the money in the back end. And there's always this, there's always the argument or the people that are like, well, you're in Hollywood. You have you're, you already make millions and millions of dollars, but what we're striking about isn't for the Robert Downey Juniors. It isn't for your millionaires, your Brad Pitts and your Clooney's and your Angelina Jolie's. It's craft services. It's writing. It's like all the people behind the scenes that are creating everything that you guys love and that you guys buy. So, um, and I think that's why the writer strike is still going because it's not so much like oh, we want more money. Like you see, um, you know, Brad Pitt out there. He's not, he's not saying I want more money. He's like, I want everybody that helps me be great. I want them to get the money. So I have no idea what these studios are doing. Like there's, I don't, I don't understand it. Like they make billions of dollars and they're like, well, we want to keep more billions of dollars. I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think there's a, uh, I think something's going to happen soon. Because you have your networks, your four networks, your maybe Fox, but they're the, the last to come in, ABC, NBC, ABC, NBC, CBS. So you got your, your networks. They ran all of television since the beginning of television. But then you also have the new kids on the block, your streamers. So the streamers are following the lead of, of your networks and your studios. Uh, your Paramount, your uh, Universal, your Warner Brothers. So, like, these streamers are like, all right, we're going to follow your lead. Like, we're new to the table. But what's starting to happen is, I think, I think, I'm, I, I'm hoping at some point the streamers are like, no, like, we cannot follow this 120-year model anymore. It doesn't make any sense to anybody. We're, all we're doing is just pissing everybody off. And then what we're going to start to find out here is uh, Kevin Smith did it with Red State. He self-distributed his own movie. He said, I don't want to, I don't, I do not want a movie studio attached to my film. I'm going to take it out on my own. I'm going to do a, a tour. I'm going to go with the movie. I'm going to hit 30 states across the month. I'm going to play it in a theater. Obviously, he can sell it for a premium because he'll do a Q&A afterwards. But you come see my new movie before it releases and he did it all himself. So one, 
put all those on a podcast. He gets the uh, the Q and A aspect of it. He, get, he gets to interact and and engage with his his people. And for the most part, he I think Red State costs four million dollars. And halfway through the tour, he already made all that money back. And it's like, like this old this old model doesn't make sense anymore. And I think your your streamers are going to see it. Like Netflix creates their own stuff. Like there's original content on Apple. Apple's winning Oscars and Emmys all day. Uh, Coda won Oscar, uh, an Oscar for Best Picture and Best Supporting Actor. Uh, fantastic film. Uh, they won awards for the Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. That show was amazing. That was fun. Ted Lasso's won in three seasons. I don't know, 25 different awards. So it's like, we don't need studios anymore. And I think it's going to get to a point where we're like, the streamers are going to be like, what do, like, what are we fighting for? Like, why are we sticking to this weird old model that doesn't seem to make any sense? Because all we're doing is just pissing everybody off and now there's no new content coming out. Like, we don't need Warner Brothers. We don't need Fox. We don't need Universal to make movies. We can just shoot it ourselves. So, um, I think somewhere down the line, that's going to, I think there's going to be a huge step. I don't know. I think cables is on its way out. I did um, some, some real general research on it. Cable is dropping like subscriptions by like 40%, 40% a year. Like no one's watching cable anymore. Who does that? <laughs> mom, mom and other grandma do. <laughs> For, but like it was what, five years ago. Mom was like, no, no, I'll never get rid of cable. And then it was like, and then it was like, okay, let's try it. She got the new TV. Um, the interfaces became much easier to kind of maneuver and, and handle everything's much user friendly. And then like Paramount is like, um, your favorite show. I'm just going to go ahead and move that to an exclusive online. So now mom's like, what the fuck are we supposed to do now? And now all they, now all they did was, they taught her how to use the streamer. She's like, oh, this isn't so bad. And now she downgrades the, the cable a little bit. I mean, reality is you use cable for the news and some of your hallmark. I mean, because it's just at this point where as soon as cable prices itself out, I mean, because we, we did the math when you first started was... If you cancel cable, you save $120. So now you got to get Netflix, Amazon, and all these other streamers and upgrade your internet. It comes out to $120. So she's like, all right, so it's it, we're, we're even. There's no reason to do anything with it yet. But now cable, the only way cable can keep making money is like, uh, we got to keep raising prices. I mean, cable was never that much anymore. And they, it's funny because they call me, the cable company, they're like, hey, you want a bundle phone? I'm like, do I want to bundle a phone? I'm like, what does that mean? Like a landline? I'm like, who does that anymore? I'm like, and, but now, but now it's funny because uh, now they're like, oh, now we do home internet, and they now starting to um, have their own like cell service. Um, but yeah, I think the old way is on its way out. It's crazy. I don't know how. I don't. I, in which, um, maybe I'll get an episode with Lame a little bit. We'll go deeper dive on this like oh we'll do it for Oscar se- or Emmy season so when award season comes up we'll bring it up but we'll look at what shows are winning are winning awards 
and how many of them are on sh uh, streamers. And it's because it's like, like the like the you look up the top ten best TV shows of all time. Game of Thrones, Wire, Sopranos. Uh, Suits is good, but not all time. But like those are HBO. You got Breaking Bad, AMC. Um, you got a couple of others, but they're not like you have to go like way down on that list before you find anything. I mean, Friends will probably make it. Um, at some point, depending on like what search you're doing, but Friends is almost twenty years removed now. Like, what in the last ten years, five years? Um, Abbott Elementary, I think, is doing pretty well, but that's one one show out of hundreds of shows. Me, like, uh, I read another article a while ago, like twenty years ago. You would have like they would pick out of 80 different shows that were written and they would have to pick from 80 so all these networks 80 different shows would be proposed and then they would have to buy them and then you would see those roll out now because of all the streamers and everybody and their grandmother's writing and they need and they're just keep just filling up content like 400 scripts are being written a year now. Like, <laughs> so like it's, it's like massive out there. And I know my mom struggles a little bit with it where she's like, I like, I like my, my shows. Like I like whatever it is I'm watching on Fox or NBC or ABC. And it's just like, enjoy it. But there's so much other stuff out there that's different, just as good, sometimes better, but it's going to get to a point where they're just going to have to roll like your ABCs they're going to be completely shut down and just be a streamer like Paramount. And they're just going to move everything to Paramount. I don't know. It's going to be really weird. It's going to be intense over the next couple of years. So with the, like these studios, like here's how backwards their thinking is. Do we know who Taylor Swift is? She is the biggest movie star in the world right now. She just had her era tour eras tour I think it ends early early 2024 this thing is projected to make 2.2 billion dollars in just sales in ticket sales alone what, what are we like <laughs> I don't understand it uh, Beyonce just had her or I think is uh, ending her tour her renaissance tour she's selling out everything but 2.2 billion dollars like how and that's just tickets merch god knows whatever the hell else they're projecting she's gonna make four billion dollars on this tour like what are we doing um some facts about her tour real quick average pre-sale ticket 455 dollars and then let me get it started on the drama that started so taylor swift is like pre-sale this date this time Ticketmaster opens two seconds half of the tickets are gone so people are like what the fuck so now you're on the phone my, my boss sat at work speakerphone listening to it she's in line i think she said she was on the phone for like six hours waiting to get a hold of somebody to, to, get, to purchase tickets and then she's for her and her daughter like eleven hundred dollars i think or something like what, what are we doing i'm like this is what we're and the reason and then the other part of it was like uh Ticketmaster, 
uh, part of Live Nation, they got into a bunch of trouble because they're like, you you create these deals where the second the pre-sale opens, you automatically take half of them and then you upsell everything. Like, what do you guys, and it's like, what are we doing? Like, I don't, oh, so there's a huge lawsuit going on with that because like you get all these Swifties they're just like panicking and they're like, I want these. And then the, the, I guess, uh, let me see if I had those numbers. Okay. So Taylor Swift, $455 average pre-sale ticket, which only means like $1,200 for everything after pre-sale. Um, she, the tour has 68 shows. Average show has 72,000 people. <laughs> like she's like, it is She's blown up. It's crazy. I don't, I've never seen it. I've never seen an act like that. Like these Swifties are crazy. They love it. In uh, where was it? Nashville, people were lining up. Like the tailgate scene was massive. Like you couldn't get in. They're like, I don't even care. I'll hang out two blocks down the street in tailgate and still hear whatever I can from from two blocks away. Oh, it was crazy. Um, I think they were saying um, the average ticket was like five hundred. The average, co- the average cost for the outfit, like these, they, these girls are going crazy. Two hundred dollars for an outfit, transportation, food, and souvenirs is like an extra like four hundred. Like the Taylor Swift experience comes out to like almost eleven hundred dollars per person at the end of the day. Everything you put in for the tickets, the pregame, that that while you're there, that's like a trip to Disneyland. And then oh, we'll have to get into it that one day. Disneyland raised the prices again. They're trying to like, I don't know what they're doing. They're trying to price out like a certain, I don't know, who knows. Um, So you got Taylor Swift, you got Beyonce, both of them very successful. Very super uh, successful tours. Taylor, um, so Taylor Swift, 2.2 billion for her tour. The largest tour before that, 2018 Elton John um, what was his tour called? Um, something Brick Road. What song does he have? Oh, yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. You love Brick Road. That thing made $800 million. So she's making three times more than that. Like, it's so crazy. I love it. Um, so Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Younger. They get it. They get their fans. They understand how things work. Like Beyonce's famous for like just dropping a, an album without telling anybody, and then it just breaks the internet. Like iTunes and every, like Spotify, they all shut down for like hours because they're like everybody's trying to download the new album. So they they have the foresight to be like, here's how we market to our people, and they also have the foresight that says we're going to go ahead and with through all these 68 shows, we're gonna film it. Different angles, all the song, the whole the whole concert, but different angles and from different cities. Not uh, we haven't seen concert films since like the 80s. I think Kiss had a couple of concert films. Queen definitely had a bunch. Um, I bought I think Journey uh, should have one or two. Uh, they were rope. God, they're still big. I love Journey, uh, but see, but you record your concert, and then what you would eventually do would be you'd go to these studios, 
right? These, these movie studios and be like, hey, uh, Universal, you want to buy rights to our concert. So Taylor Swift goes to Universal and says, I've been recording. The movie's done. Here's wrapped up. Nice little bow. Says everything's done. Would you like to distribute our movie for us? They're like, uh, I don't think so. So Taylor Swift is like, all right, screw it. She calls AMC. Pre-sales. $100 million in pre-sales. It opened this weekend on the 13th. It opened at $95 million. And that's all hers now. Because we no longer have to give money to a studio to do the work. Like, it seems bonkers to me. And then Beyonce is going to do the same thing on her concert whenever hers goes out. And it's just, this is what we're doing now? Like, like this is the business model? Do you want to just leave money on the table? Like, I don't know. If an artist comes to me and says, um, by the way, I just three times the, the largest record for a live concert. It's all done. No, no. I don't like money. I don't, I don't like good, nice, easy, honest money. I want dirty money where I take it from the poor people or make people poor. Oh, like, oh, it's so crazy. And then these concerts for Taylor Swift. I never done it. And it, I think it started happening a little bit after we grew up. Was uh, they have like uh, these sing alongs, right? Where uh, Frozen, I think a Frozen had a good sing along where you, you take your kids. Like, normally, typically in the summer, because you don't want to bother anybody else. But you take your, your kids in, and you watch Frozen, and they put the uh, the words on the on the screen. And basically, karaoke. So you got a bunch of kids singing to Frozen. Everybody, parents are like, I've, I've already heard it, whatever. It's a different experience. Maybe you have a good time with it. So these Taylor Swift movie shows, like, hard advertised that says, here are some rules when you come see a Taylor Swift show. All right. Uh, rule number one. Where do we have it? I have it written down here somewhere. Um, make sure you sing along. Like, like Taylor Swift is like, ah, screw it. Everybody sing. You know it. Sing all day. Do your thing. Rule two. Feel free to dance. Dance. They're basically having a party a concert in the theater. And then number three, make sure you dress up like for like, if you're a tween or uh, even maybe a 20 something and you just love Taylor Swift and then you get priced out because I can't afford $1,100 for a ticket. And then, and then like these girls, they I'm pretty sure travel in packs. I don't know. I'd have to talk to the twins and see what kind of, I mean, they do. I mean, they had the school project and everything else. But you get all these girls. Now you, that's $20. You get to hear the loud music. You get to see it. And then you get to be with all your friends. And you, and, you don't have to, and you don't have to be quiet. You get to just sing and dance. and run, Like, oh, I, I would like to see videos of that. That'd be, it seems completely different. And it's weird. But what this starts to open up to is movie theaters are dying. Like... I don't mean like no one like you can't go no, no one wants to go to a theater anymore and then two um, a lot of 
a lot of movies are putting it on VOD the same day it comes out. So I can just sit at home and pay the $20 and have like four people come over and watch this stupid thing. And then I could buy reasonably priced popcorn and soda. So movie theaters are on their way out. But like, it'd be, it's weird to think like music is going to help revitalize the, the movie theaters. Yeah. I don't know. It seems it's, it's an interesting time. I like it. It's different. It's weird. Some of it's scary, though. The Swifties are getting their fixed. Yeah. I, I, like, these Swifties are like junkies. Like, we need Swift. And then they're like, like we want to dress. And then they dress up, and they all have a good... Like, I, I would love to be at the theater and just watch 100 girls just dressed up and just piling in and out, and then being in there. I wonder how many boys show up. Is that a thing? <laughs> um, Beyonce's, um, I think she's only going to run hers for a, like a weekend. And they're already projecting her to go like 30 million for the weekend. And that's like just now, like who knows? It could, could just go crazy. I don't know. It's it's all very interesting. Uh, Taylor Swift is, um, is officially the highest grossing concert film of all time. At 95 opening weekend. And that's not even counting whatever other shows are out. So, writer strikes, actor strike. Nobody, no one's making movies. You can't. So the the studios won't release a movie because they need the actors to go out and do press. So now actors can't do press. So they're like, well, we don't want to put a movie out if people don't know what's coming out. So um, I guess we just don't do anything. And I was like, that doesn't seem to make much sense. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's pretty interesting times. I think that's all I got for the week. 95, open. So, all right. Hey, did an hour by myself. It didn't sound horrible. A lot of just kind of like, um, again, a lot of some current updates or current, current events because if I did this next week, most of the stuff's obsolete and nobody cares anymore. Um, let alone if you even care now. But it, I do think it's interesting to see where um, the actors and the writer strikes are going. And then this just this idea of, oh, Taylor Swift and Beyonce, they hung out. Um, that was big news. Like, the two biggest people in the world right now, they're hanging out. Okay. Yeah, Beyonce went to one of her opening nights. Photo op. Like, that's a crazy photo op. Like... Is there, and, it's, and it's like this self-distribution thing. It's like, I think the networks and the studios need to be worried that, I don't know, I, I just need any semi-famous person to listen to this episode and be like, we want to pay you to be on TV. And I'm like, I don't need a studio. They're like, we'll just do a web series. And now they cut out all the, the middleman. And then we have Instagram, Twitter, and everything else to do free advertising. Like, it's a broken model. It's a dying model, and I think the old people running these these old timey studios are worried, and they should be, because it is an obsolete system. I mean, think about uh, the people who ran radio stations, W W G Y N, Cincinnati. Yeah, um, like when TV started. Oh, W K R P. I don't know. That was before my time. Um, 
but it, it's it's the same thing when radio was phased out. Like, you had all these disc jockeys. Even Howard Stern jumped bail and he bailed out. Like, he was the biggest disc jockey in the world for, like, 15 years. And as soon as streaming started happening, he was like, screw it. I'm going to go to SiriusXM. What are we looking at? Aw. Suzanne Summers just passed away. 76 years old. Uh, well, that's kind of a huge dinner to end the episode on. <laughs> uh, Suzanne Summers, uh, big from Three's Company, Thighmaster. Um, she was also the mom on Step by Step, which was a staple of TGIF um, in the 90s. Um, she worked with John Ritter. She had a kind of a really fun career. Um, I don't know what she was doing. I think she did a couple of like maybe some random like TV movies a little bit back in the early days. Uh, but yeah, huge staple of the 70s and 80s. So, um, you know, huge one to her. Great career. Um, she was a lot of fun. She was, and it stayed relevant for years. So, you know, sorry to see her pass. Oh, man. That is a downer. I need one more uppity thing. <laughs> It is good that we had her. Um, most people probably don't even know who she is. Um, do you think there will ever be like a, a re revitalize, revitalization of like old old TV? I saw a random clip from like uh, Leave it to Beaver. And I'm like, oh, Liam will never hear that. We'll never hear those words in that order ever. And it's like, Liam probably doesn't know Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley. You might know who the Fonz is, maybe. Oh, we should ask him. We should do a podcast episode to be like, because like most of the like old old media, old TV shows, like you almost can't watch now because they're written in a in a different time where now everybody's just so you know borderline sensitive about everything. Like like this idea that we're gonna put, um, don't tell me, All in the Family on Netflix. People will lose their minds. December 25th, The Color Purple, the original? Or a newer version? Okay. But it's like one of those things where... Like, I think it's the old one, Technicolor. Okay, the new one, Technicolor. So, because um, there were some really fun, like, TV back in the day. And it's like one of those... And it's like... You, you, you know, all right, I guess we're going to get a little controversial right now. It's like the idea of, like, The Cosby Show. Like, it's it's a... Like you, you can't even talk about it anymore, and which is a shame that the one man ruins the entire thing, but nobody can like nobody even acknowledges what that show did. The script was good. Like the the show was great. It was the number one TV show for years. Like what it did for the African American, like like it, the first African American family, it they were uh, educated. They were happy big house like the like it's weird like you can look back and you can be offended but the, it, the show itself we do not condone anything that bill cosby did but the show itself you like it sucks because you can no longer acknowledge that it was a trailblazer and that it did great things for the community and that and the, moral compass. it did have a moral compass like 
like you don't have to like the actor, but the characters, all of them, like they were all fantastic. And it's like these things now where it's just like um, the, the leave it to beaver thing I was looking at was dad was outside and he was just like talking to the brother um, Wally. And he's like, basically it's like, well, why did, why does mom cook inside? But when it's outside, you're allowed to cook. And dad's just like, yeah, well, that's just, that's just, that's, that's what men do. It gets back to our primitive caveman days. Women, they're in the house. They should be cooking there in the kitchen. And it's just like, yeah, it's offensive. But when you look at the whole sh- show itself, it's like, it's the relationship, like, of the, of the family. The fact that Wally actually talks to his dad. Like, I can't even get Liam to call me once a week. <laughs> like, I watch it not because it's offensive or because I believe in all of the views in which the way that they treat, you know, the, the females in it, but like at the same time, but that's, those were the times like that's like, it's weird. Yeah. Whatever. anybody's going to catch the uh, all in the family references or like why that can't ever come back. Cause he's still beloved Archie Bunker. Yes. You'd think he'd be the first one out his chairs and this is uh, Smithsonian. <laughs> I, yeah. So I would be curious to, and then, I don't know, because um, they just reboot everything. And it's just like, I guess. But, like, do I really need a new, all like, uh, Three's Company? Because I don't even know how you do a Three's Company today without offending a bunch of people. Yeah. But, you know, it was a fun, like, John, like, John Ritter was a hilarious guy. And he did, like, some amazing things with that show. And it's just like, they didn't portray his character necessarily right but like they didn't it wasn't like hard bashing like i don't know it's weird what else we got because they tried to reboot dallas and that thing didn't go very long they tried to reboot 90219 that didn't go very long rebooting frazier yeah. um i think that's actually out or coming out it, it's out it's out so that's exciting so i i love television right now current television i think some of the best television we've seen like ever it's like a new golden age of television but at the same time i do still have a special place for some of those old shows so i don't know we'll have to ask liam and see if he knows any of these names where they live because one of those it used to be one of those things where like growing up happy days boom milwaukee without happy days i don't even know where milwaukee is I don't even, I don't even know, like, I don't even know if Milwaukee even existed, uh, but they, like, so, yeah, that'd be kind of a fun podcast idea, a little quiz with Liam, what would we call it, like, Zoomer on Boomer TV, maybe, whimsy. <laughs> <laughs>